hard, isn't it? It's hard getting a microphone clip on. Lots of things are hard, right? It's hard. Life is hard, isn't it? It's hard to be separated from people. Like you're just two ships passing in the night because of your work schedules or your school schedules. It's hard uh, when kids go away to college, some come back. It's hard when they move across the country and only visit once in a while. It's hard when we just don't have the connections with people that we want. And on this day, we remember how hard it is when we can't have a family reunion and have everyone there that we want to have there, not just because they're in Montana, but because they've gone on to be with the Lord. That's hard, isn't it? It's hard to remember those people and not have them here. Right? It's hard. But it's not the end of the story. But it doesn't make it easy. The journey is not easy. Uh, I want to share a story with you that kind of encapsulates this, um, this life being hard and a good end. So maybe it's, it's kind of a story I read this week. Uh, it's about a young man who was five, and he lived out in the countryside in another country. And he got on a train with his family and his extended family and his extended, extended family, just lots of people going for this big event. So they had little kids, grandparents, luggage, and they get there. Uh, it was actually Calcutta, India. They get there, and everyone gets off the train. There's so much commotion and chaos, and then the train keeps going. And this young man had fallen asleep on the train. He's still on the train, and he sleeps for hours. In fact, he doesn't get off for a long, long time, and because of the nature of the way things are at were in India, there was just, they weren't able to reconnect. He didn't even know his hometown as far as getting back there. He eventually became uh, a warden of the state. He was adopted uh, and by a family in Australia. Sad, right? Hard, right? But thanks to some amazing thing, some amazing gift from the sky, we'll call it uh, Google Maps, uh, Street View. Anyone like watch Street View on Google Maps? You're like, How, what's my house look like? When do they take a picture of my house, right? Is that fall or spring? Well, thanks to Google Maps Street View, we can uh, get a huge glimpse, uh, an in-depth glimpse of everywhere in the world just about, right? Um, some of you like that. Well, he, you know, Google Maps was invented, and here he is 26 years later sitting at his desk, and he spent hours and hours in the evening looking at all the train depots in India. And finally, he found one. That's the one. He found his train depot. So he boarded a, a plane and went to India, and he, he got to this train depot. And then he started to remember, my house is over there. And he went to his house, and lo and behold, his mother was right outside working in the garden. Isn't that an, an amazing and awesome reunion? Uh, this young man was led home thanks to Google Maps, right? Good stuff. Um, that's the, our story. We are being led home to a great and wonderful reunion. I can't even imagine how happy they were, right? Of course he had his birth family, but now he has, uh, I'm sorry, of course he had his adopted family, but now he has his birth family and all the people there. What a party, right? That's sort of what our future looks like. A great party, a, an amazing reunion, and we need to be led there, right? Uh, if you look in your bulletin, the very last verse talks about that. Uh, the very end of Revelation Chapter 7. Ken, Greg, would you read that again? You already read it, but would you read verse 17 nice and loud for us? Sure. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, 
Isn't that amazing? They will be led home. And not just Google Maps, but we could say, God, our maker. The Lamb will lead them home. The Lamb will lead us home. Good news? Good news, right? So what is this home like? What is it like there in heaven? Uh, We don't really know. Uh, Language fails us, right? The Apostle Paul wrote something like this. He's quoting Isaiah. He says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We just can't fathom what heaven is like. Just have no idea, right? We get glimpses of it. And John here gives us some glimpses of at least what it's not. So let's take a look, verses 15, 16, and then 17, what Ken read. Let's take a a look at this language that, that fails, but yet still gives us an idea. Verse 15 says this, Therefore they, that is God's people in heaven, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. This rings, a, this rings a bell, so to speak. Psalm 90, 91 talks about God sort of like a mother hen. And he shelters all his young. They are there right with them. You ever see a, a little, uh, uh, you see a hen with baby chicks? Any of you? I know you have, right? Isn't that a beautiful picture? The lamb... The one who sits on the throne will shelter us. That means we're in him. We're protected by him. We are with him. That's one thing that heaven is like. In verse 16, I love this verse. It says this. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. Okay, so think about this for a minute. This, uh, you know, here in Buffalo, we would probably like a little bit more sun, right? A little more scorching heat would be okay once in a while, right, right now, right? So, but for the people in the Middle East, when they heard this, uh, the people of God remembered something. The 40 years in the wilderness, wandering, waiting to cross the Jordan River to get to the Promised Land. What was life like? Every day, they're hungry. Every day, they're thirsty. Every day, sunburn. Every day, it's hot, right? That's symbolic of all of our troubles. Think right now in your mind, what's a trouble you have? I'm not going to have you share it, don't worry. Just think in your mind, this thing is on my mind and it's a trouble. This thing I hate. This thing is a burden to me. Y'all got one, two, twenty things in your mind? It might be something physical, your body's not working right. It might be something spiritual. It might be something emotional or it might be something political. Probably all of the above, right? Well, those things won't be there. That's the hunger, thirst, sun, and heat. It's not going to be there. So what it's like, we don't really know. But it will be good. It won't have all those things that we suffer with right now. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And then he ends, which we already read. Verse 17 says... The lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Right now we have babies crying. Sometimes we cry. We have funerals. We cry. All those things, God himself will wipe those tears away. And he will replace it with with amazing joy. Well, anyone have a problem with what we read so far? No, no problems. We love it, right? It's good. I do have a problem with this text, though. 
It's a problem maybe you have too. Take a look earlier. Look at verse 4. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I just want to share with you a problem I have with it. It says this. And I, John, the revelator, he says, I heard the number of the sealed, that is God's people, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And then he lists them, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. Um, Some of you may have gone to Catholic school or Sunday school as a kid. You know the 12 tribes of Israel. Anyone just, just out of bragging and boasting, anyone know the 12 tribes of Israel? All right. We're all in the same boat, I guess. No one? Okay. Well, here they are. Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Whew! Right? Everyone tired? Those are the 12 tribes, but they're not. It's not quite the 12 tribes. Uh, The 12 tribes, the reason that they're often listed, two things, battle, but also um, when they went into the promised land, they were each given a spot, kind of like Clarence and Amherst, like these blocks of land that they were given. Each of the 12 tribes were given this. Um, One tribe named Levi wasn't given a block of land. So this is just details. My apologies if it's too much. They weren't given a block of land because they were priests. So they were sprinkled around everywhere in the cities. So Levi is normally not listed. Okay? Also, Joseph, you guys know Joseph, he went down to Egypt. Joseph is also not normally listed, but his two sons are listed, Ephraim and Dan. Those two, oh, Ephraim and Manasseh. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah, I'm thinking ahead in my sermon. Ephraim and Manasseh, the two sons of Joseph, are usually listed. But if you look at this list, I don't see Ephraim anywhere, do you? And I already gave it away, but I don't see Dan anywhere. So my apologies to Dan. Uh, and Dan, my two Dans, uh, Dan is not listed, and my apologies to all of you Ephraims out there, Ephraim is not listed. Instead, Joseph is listed, and Levi is listed. So you might be thinking, Reiko, like, whoa, we're way in left field. I was interested in your sermon a while ago, but now it's like, I don't know where you're going, all right? Let me tell you where I'm going with this. It's just random details, but it's not. Dan and Ephraim aren't listed, scholars think, because these two tribes sort of fell away. These two tribes had a problem that you and I had. If you look, you can look at this later. Judges is the book written when they got into the land. In Judges chapter 17 and 18, it describes in detail Dan and Ephraim. Two tribes. And they're just normal tribes like the rest of the tribes, but they have a problem. They take Yahweh, but they then pile up a bunch of their own opinions about Yahweh. They want to do Yahweh their way. They want to add some things. They want to have their own priest and do it their way. They want to have their own little nation and do it their way. They want it to be their truth, their story, rather than God's story. So they're guilty of something we're all guilty of. Fearing, loving, trusting, craving something else besides God. That's called idolatry. So they're guilty of idolatry. And then they're also guilty of of what's called apostasy. You guys ever hear that word, apostasy? It comes from the Greek to like slide backwards, right? Um, And it only happens to those who already have been told the story. It only happens to those who are in the boat, so to speak. So they fall away and they worship other gods. Okay. Why did I tell you all that? Because my name's not really Dan, but my name's Dan. My name's not really Ephraim, but my name's Ephraim. And so is yours. Why? Because all of us 
are guilty of idolatry. All of us are guilty of apostasy in some way, shape, or form. So what do we do? We look at this and say, Lord, have mercy. And then we say, like, maybe I won't be there. Right? Isn't that a scary thought? Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be those tribes that are not let in. Also, there's only 144,000. That's not very many. Right? That's not very many at all. 144,000. Well, that's what... That's a symbolic number. Look at verse 4. It says, I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000. And then verse 9, and then I looked. So it's the same group. He hears about who is going to be sealed and redeemed, and then he sees those who are sealed and redeemed. He says, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. So this 144,000 can't even count it. It's just a symbolic number, the perfect people of God. And they're from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages, so, I said, I'm Dan, I'm Ephraim, and, and so are you. So, how do we get into this group of people reunited with all of God's people in heaven? How do we get there? How did these people get there? Well, I think you know. Look at verse 10. Actually, verse 9, it says, They stand before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. And they cry out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to me and my efforts. No, right? Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So the Lamb is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we're there, we will be there because salvation is His and it's a gift. Also, if you go on, John is asked by someone, who is this? And he's like, sir, you know. This is uh, what the the person says, verse um, 14. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So how do we get there? We take, we receive the blood of the Lamb to wash us clean. Of course, it's figurative in some ways, literal in others. We get there because we've been washed. By faith, we receive this gift. It's not, you don't see purgatory in this text. People progressing towards saintliness. You don't see that. You just see the people wearing, like I am today, a white robe, a symbol of the righteousness of Jesus given to us. So, by faith, trust this lamb. Verse 17 will end where we started. The lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. The Lamb will be their shepherd. What does that bring us bring to mind? The Lord is my shepherd. Let's all say Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lamb is our good shepherd. The Lamb has laid down his life for us. The Lamb invites us to feast on his very body and blood. Take this however you will, receive it by faith, and give thanks to God. 
there will be a great reunion. Not just Google Maps, but God, our Maker. In the name of Jesus, amen.